Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all, grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. You're taking shots at the unathletic, arthritic, <laughs> old alligator? I can't find anything now. I'm a feeble old buffoon. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Thursday, you heard it. Silver 7's in the spot. Adam Hill is here as the company. Jeff's helping us out. Come on down. Happy hour has begun. 277 on many of the drinks. Two different bars to watch the games at. And a William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Lots of other gaming promotions that we'll tell you about. If you join A-Play, Flamingo and Paradise, stop on by, say hi. We've got t-shirts and prizes. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Training camps are opening. Love it. Love it. Adam Hill's fired up next Tuesday. Raiders open things up at the Steelers and Cowboys opening things up excited i, mean, I am it's just it's just, it's a sign of you know what's to come yeah i mean i saw i think it doesn't really hit you as you said it's players are going to start to report for the raiders this weekend and then the actual veterans come in uh, on tuesday first practice wednesday Woo! um but you know you look on espn and you see you know the reporters out at the out at the facility and yep. you know in in dallas and you're seeing some uh sorry buddy uh brooke Taylor, Brooke Pryor, check that. Not, I guess not, not that much of a buddy. Uh, Brooke Pryor, I don't know why I blanked on that. Brooke Pryor, Steelers, ESPN.com. Uh, she was out there, and obviously everyone next week is going to be fixated on what's going on with the Packers and if uh, Yoko Woodley is going to allow A-Raj to show up. That's the Shailene big question. Woodley. Yeah. Making waves yesterday. I thought this was interesting. Uh, so Stephen A. went on a rant. Really weird rant, like clearly pointed at NFL people around ESPN trying to basically call them morons. I don't think he gets the nuance of putting out reports, but here's Stephen A. with his latest take on Aaron Rodgers and really reacting to the news that we saw just a few days ago from Adam Schefter where he was saying, hey, two-year extension, you know, it's not all about the money. I have to admit, I saw this story. I saw this breaking news from the great Adam Schefter himself, and I was utterly disgusted. All of these NFL aficionados, it's not about football. It's not just about the money. Okay. Wasn't that what Schefter said at the end of the tweet? But I thought I thought that was the exact report was That's clearly it's not about money. Right. He was offered the highest contract. The Green Bay Packers have treated their star player. They have disregarded him. They have dismissed him. They have minimized him. They've disrespected him. And he said, bump y'all. Enough's enough. To watch and listen to people who are experts on the National Football League, who know football back and forth, to act like you can't comprehend what the hell Aaron Rodgers has been saying all of these months, this entire offseason, is beyond me. This is, this is infuriating. It's ridiculous. First of all... Come on, Stephen A. That's what the reports have been. Yes. Secondly, Aaron Rodgers has said nothing. He's actually not made it clear. He said nothing. Yes. That's the game he, he's played. It's, it's, I mean, I've made this joke a hundred times since the day, 
but he came on with that dumb interview and he's like, you know, people, and you just you don't you don't understand people, and sometimes people are people, yeah. and man, all hundred times you've done it, the soundbite would be great too. Yeah, people, and you know they're talking about people, and then people say this. He hasn't said anything, so what do you mean? Listen to what he said. It's been all other people talking about it. He hasn't said anything. So what is he? What is he saying? Now the interesting thing here is uh, Stephen A is all over the place trying to. You know, plant some flag like he's the guy who knows and the NFL people don't. Uh, yeah, Shailene Woodley retweeted this, shared it. And then if you're an NFL player, you're engaged. Are you cool with your future mother-in-law jumping in on this stuff already? We've got two Brenda Warners here? Oof. Yeah, Lori Woodley, Shailene Woodley's mom, uh, shared the post with a comment, quote, spoken truth, suggesting that uh, Stephen A is onto something. Thanks, Lori. Lori Ono? Has anyone told you how... Is it sexist? No. Is it anti-female? No. Okay. It's a direct comparison to somebody who broke up a team. Okay. I don't know if we have proof that Shailene Woodley is the driving force behind no, all that's this. that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think everyone's going to get the joke, though. <laughs> I, mean, I think when you call somebody Yoko, you understand what the joke. You understand the reference. Oh, we understand the reference. Sure. Now, it's just, when it's just jumping into the conclusion that it is a woman who's ruining things for this football player and football team. Sure, but a Yoko could be a guy too. Yes. That definitely could. It, so, have you used it on it with a guy? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the situation. This is the only other person I've ever used. I it want for, you I to find one in the future where you okay. can do oh, well. Yoko, whatever, dude. All right. Uh, so Stephen A knows, and, and the rest of us don't. This is all about him being mad at the who Packers. Is he, who is he disagreeing with? I don't know. I don't know. He seems to be disputing the report from Schefter, but the report from Schefter was that it's not about the money. Right. And he comes out and he's like, he's saying it's about the money, and it's not. Like, yeah, that, that was literally the report that came out. So we got that football feeling yesterday. We were just talking about training camps opening up uh, a couple this week, and then uh, most of them next week on Tuesday. We got the feeling yesterday at Mountain West Conference, football media day. They had another media day today. Players today, coaches yesterday, Craig Thompson yesterday, and he came out with a a bunch of interesting notes. I I think first and foremost, and we'll build toward it, is no postponements, but he kind of gave the reason for his mood right now. Like, this is an important time going into the football season, uh, season to send a message. But I think there's so many in this world, this country, that are saying, the worst is over. It's done. Uh, doubtful. If you look at today's news, I, I don't know what the number is this afternoon. This morning it was 79 Olympians that have been uh, disqualified from competition in Tokyo because of positive testing or, or tracing. Damn. Strong statement. Got the fans in uh, Wyoming and Utah especially rolling over in their graves. Literally. Uh yeah, I, I mean, I think anybody that has half of a brain and understands math and science and charts, it's not hard to find the research and see what's going on right now. Um, it's it's pretty, the, the evidence is pretty clear right now. So, yeah, it's, it's time to be vigilant once again. It always actually was, as we've said time and time again here. Well, the bottom line is, and we're, we're going to talk about this today with the, the NFL made some big statements today, in the NFL and college football, 
this is these these bosses are saying, hey, if we want to have football mostly uninterrupted, this is what you need. Well, right now, football teams, we did a survey last week at the behest of the athletic directors that are about 73, 73% vaccinated. We have seven institutions that are right at that 90% vaccination. So we've got a great start on it, and we're getting close, but knowing you know, the season starts in about uh, five weeks. All right. Well, we know UNLV's uh, somewhere 85, 90% range. Marcus Arroyo told that uh, to Cofield and Company yesterday. Uh, all the coaches were there except Colorado State's coach, Steve Adazio, hmm. said he couldn't make it. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to sit here and guess which schools aren't at the threshold. They may all be at 83% for all we know. But this is the repercussion. If you have issues during the season – Here's Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson talking about what will happen. The Mountain West does not plan to cancel, postpone, or reschedule any games. If the game is scheduled to begin at 1 o'clock on Saturday and Team X is not available to play, it will be determined to forfeit. That's different than last year. Last year, there was no vaccine. Last year, there was not a choice to be made. This year, there is. Okay. There you go. Forfeit. Loss. NFL came out with statements today. Tom Palisaro broke the story as they handed the story to him. And there's a little bit of leeway in there. But it's pretty hardcore and it's along the same lines. A lot of people were surprised by this. Yeah, I don't know why. Couldn't you see it coming? That this is where it was headed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been kind of the consistent theme of everything the NFL has done this offseason. And there hasn't been much vagary to it. It's been... Hey, we can't require you to get vaccinated. Actually, they probably could if they really fought for it, but we're not going to require you to get vaccinated. But if you don't, the onus is on you. In in every in every aspect and every facet of the rules that they've put forth for this season, the onus is on the players that that choose not to get vaccinated. Yeah, the, uh, the tweet that Palisaro sent out, the NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be, reske- cannot be rescheduled, so they're still, they're still leaving a little opening, which I think they should, um, but if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seeding. He says, massive implications. Yeah, and I think you know, just to, to go above that and, and to point out the rest of that, it's it's a forfeit, which sucks for your team, and people are going to be mad if if the unvaccinated players on your team cause a forfeit. Your fans are going to be mad. Your team's going to be mad. Your city's going to be mad. Your teammates are going to be mad. But even above that, the players won't get paid for that week on either team. What? And on either team? Yeah. One team has an outbreak. The other team, they don't get paid. Well, and and I I want to find out exactly what this means because I feel like. It's, it's going to end up being that the players from the, from the team that weren't at fault are going to get paid because another stipulation in there is that the offending team, the team whose unvaccinated players caused this, are going to be financial respons- financially responsible for all losses, which would mean tickets, parking, concessions, stadium cost, and I would assume, although I don't think it was spelled out directly, then you're also going to have to pay the players from the other team. By the way, if anything... So the owner and the organization will be responsible if they're the offenders. If anything, we'll kick the Chargers into gear 
and the Spanos family into gear, it's the notion that they will lose money. Sure. Because we know they are cheap. And the Chargers, we did here as of, you know, like 10 days ago, were one of the lowest four teams in terms of VAX rates. So strong reaction to this. We'll have our reaction. We'll get yours throughout the show. The phones are open, 364-1100. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer, 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Um, there's been some talk in the college football world about how we should address head coaches. Uh, if, if it was up to you, what is your preference? Is it Nick, head, head coach Nick? Nick, how, how would you like to be addressed? Look, I respond to just about anything, and I've been called just about everything. Not, not something that's um, really important to me, but I think everybody should have the opportunity to sort of create or make uh, the way they, their expectation is of how they get addressed. I like the majestic music. I'm a coach, damn it! Now bow! Now, Nick Saban, it, it is funny how, well, Dion's the one who rolled in Nick Saban. Sure. And then immediately people are like, he's comparing himself to Nick Saban, which he loosely did. He brought up the wrong example because Nick Saban is cool most of the time uh, and allows, you know, he's cool with people saying Nick. Um, you mean being uh, human beings? Well, I call everyone coach. It's easy. I, which part? It's easy to just say coach, but I, I also, like, it also depends on the setting. It does depend on the setting, but I also, I think it's a good sign of respect that builds a relationship. Now, I don't feel like I'm forced to do it, and if I were forced to do it, then I might be uncomfortable uh, doing that. I, I thought the reporter played his part in it as well, and I also think, because it went back and forth, and then Dion stormed off, and the guy had to get one last Dion in, I also think it may have been a work because he was all jolly to have Nick Susson. Hey, he's a good guy. And then he storms off. But wasn't he also, isn't he also from the outlet that is banned? Like there's a whole from thing. Covering that, the swack? From covering uh, Jackson State. Really? There's a whole, oh, there's a whole thing. Go, yeah. Uh, uh, Dion and the university have banned the main was outlet he, that covers them. Was someone out from the paper the one who robbed him, which didn't really happen? No. Uh, the, uh, the kid, they got the kid from Kansas. Uh, who committed to Kansas and was basically rejected from Kansas for uh, a domestic abuse case. And the paper covered it right. and said, hey, you're bringing in this guy who has some real issues. And Jackson State's response was, oh, yeah, you're not covering the team anymore. And so the outlet is banned. And I think this is another reporter from that. Out I could be wrong. I know that they banned an outlet. And they tried to get him kicked out of SWAC Media Day. And they're like, wow. It's like the only outlet that covers us. What are it you talking about? The SWAC should not be turning away any coverage. So, yeah, there's a whole other thing working besides just the, you know, Dion thing. Like, they're trying to ban newspapers that are actually covering them and covering the real story there. Uh, so there's a whole thing at work there. So, I mean, you might be right that it, it goes above and beyond just this instance. But, like, to your point, I call – the coaches that I cover, I feel like I call coach in person – just because it's usually a real casual, like, hey, coach, what's up, coach, whatever. But, like, on a Zoom, it's always, you know, like, Pete DeBoer is always Pete. John Gruden's always John. I do think there are certain coaches, though, with certain situations with coaches who don't have equity yet where it may be important to them to be called coach. 
Yeah, which shows a com- just a no, 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 lack no. Of I confidence. didn't say to them. I said important for them. Did I say to them? It might be important for them, right? What, which I, means I'm saying from the outside. Yeah, like, I, I like. I, I'll give you the example. I don't. I think that. I think a lot of older media members covering Kevin Kruger. That. That dynamic is going to be interesting, because he's the coach now. He's not Kevin the player or Lon's son or your buddy who would talk to you years ago. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who do that. I will not do that. He's not my buddy. I, you know, I work around the program. He's the coach. He's the boss of the program. So that's just my, but that's just my approach. If everyone, you know, if everyone else wants to go first name, you can do that. Hell, I, listen, uh, I don't know. It was probably 2000 we had on Senator Harry Reid. I never called him Senator the entire interview. That was on Sports Fan Radio Network. Right off the bat, I'm like, hey, Harry, how are you doing? <laughs> so I'm not one of these people who's like intimidated or I feel like I have to call someone by some sort of title. So that's why I've tried to take up for Dion a little bit, but then part of me is like, it may have been a work. And then the fact that he brought up Nick Saban and didn't know what he was talking about. Right. Like, Nick doesn't let you do that. Like, he does. You're wrong on that front. So Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I love Dion as a player. Um, I, I thought Dion was completely, completely wrong in this case. Well, I, I think it's something you handle uh, away from the scene afterwards, and you, you know, you also screwed yourself and you screwed the conference out of more publicity. Well, I, but then again, if it was, it did get a lot of publicity. If not, if that didn't happen, maybe we don't even know. Did you know the SWAC media conference was no. going on? No. Did you know it was in Birmingham, like no. ten miles away from Hoover? No. I'm mapping stuff. I'm like, oh, I wonder if the SEC guys are driving over. Like, what's going on here? And they might then, after 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 that happened, right. go over and talk about it. Uh, I mean, you're right. It's the only way the SWAC was going to get attention, I suppose. Uh, I don't know that that's the way you want to get it. Uh, but I also think, like, to me, it's a complete lack of confidence in yourself as a coach. That's what I, it's I'm not right. even going to say that about Dion because Dion's so much about Dion that it's it, a lot of times it's an ego play. So sure. who knows, man? Like, I, like people were trying to say, you know, it's the lack of confidence or, he, you know, he didn't win a lot last year. Like, he's it's like, who knows what's going on? I mean – I, you're right. There could be a lot more layers to it. I just, I just look at this and say there's not much gray area here. Dion is just 100% wrong. Uh, what'd you make of the bombshell that came down yesterday? Houston Chronicle with the report and then followed up by lots of people saying, and let's get this right. I actually got snapped on last night on our, our podcast because I was jumping to the conclusion like these two schools are leaving for the SEC. That's not really what the report said. They're looking to get out of the Big 12 beyond 2025 which i think opens the door for conversations yes with the sec uh in actually it's going on right now at three o'clock our time a bunch of the ad's and folks who run the big 12 are getting together to kind of brainstorm and react to this so what's your reaction what do you think the story is here the story actually to me is about the big 12 like to me the story is texas and oklahoma are right now as of today Members of the SEC. Okay, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as Texas and Oklahoma are checking out what their Oklahoma are checking out what their situation is with the Big Twelve, and the SEC may be the first part of the conversation. But I, I think this is the beginning of them shopping their wares to get the best deal. And I'm not even sure they're going together to a conference because then there's a whole angle with Oklahoma State. Now it's been disputed, but it's been reported in the past that in Oklahoma. I don't. There's not a law, but I think there's some sort of agreement, something on the books that says Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have to go somewhere together. 
So that's a whole other angle. And uh, just as an update, Oklahoma and Texas were supposed to be on the call. I just saw the They're not the on the flash. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas administrators are not participating in oh, the Big wow. 12 conference call. But keep going with what you're saying because a big part of it is if – let's just jump to the conclusion. Oklahoma and Texas are joining the SEC. Now what for the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, there, there's two directions they can go. One – because we've 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 said this before, right? It's go- there's going to be four or five super conferences. They're going to break away. They're not going to be a part of the current NCAA right better, now. Better be five for a lot of the uh, folks who are spending fifty million dollars on a recent, you know, uh, upgrade to their football facilities, or uh, who are building forty thousand seat stadiums in San Diego and <laughs> and Honolulu, uh, and obviously the upgrade to the facilities. A UNL re- uh, UNLV reference. If there's four 16 team conferences, uh oh, yeah. Five, then a lot of these schools that have invested a lot of money and are investing more money have a life. Right. They have and, a chance. And right They've now, got a lifeline. And right now, if I was those schools you just mentioned, UNLV and San Diego State, I would be making every single call I could to the Pac-12 and to the Big 12 because the Big 12 can go two directions. One, they can be picked apart, and they'll just the carcasses will be picked up by whatever conferences they can, and they'll find a way. And by the way, if I'm Kansas, I'm terrified because we talked about this before in the reshuffling that basketball matters zero. I love basketball. I am passionate about college basketball. It's my favorite sport. I'll, I'll echo what uh, our buddy Petro told us last night. It doesn't mean zero. There are some things that have changed since the last time. Because you're right, they look like they were holding the bag last time where yep. they're like, we have nowhere to go because our football program sucks. So I, I'll keep going. I'll, I, I'll yep. make a case later because we're going to hit this again later. I'll make a case that at a certain point, basketball does matter. But, I, but you're right. I think the story is... Where is the carcass going to exist? And I think there's two places. I think it's there's a Big 12 carcass or there's a Mountain West carcass. Well, And, and, and I got to tell you, nothing against the folks I was around yesterday, but. You don't have faith? I don't. I don't. And, hey, that the whole chain of command thing, like if you're at the schools around the Mountain West Conference and you're like, yeah, let's leave it up to the Mountain West Conference office and, and Big Craig. Well, it, so either the Big 12 can go out and be like, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to try to steal whoever they can and say, ob- obviously, Houston is first. They're in. Cincinnati. Um, Could be Houston, Cincinnati, SMU, Central Florida, South Florida maybe. You're sure. talking about some good markets there. Maybe Boise. Could it be San Diego State? Could it be UNLV? Could it be Colorado State? Could it be Wyoming? You know, I'm naming a lot of the – they're not all big markets. They're, the, the reason I'm naming some of them is that they have a lot of money behind their football programs. Yeah. But those would be all the candidates, and then do you just do you absorb part of the AAC in the Mountain Mountain West, and then you get to sixteen or, or fourteen? That that's I think that's what they're going to have to try to do because if not, if they aren't expanding, and if they're like, well, we'll go forward with eight, like you're going to be left behind, and then you're going to be picked apart by the other conferences. You're going to have the SEC maybe also go to like TCU. The big the Big Ten is going to say, all right, we'll go TCU and you know Baylor. Uh, maybe the Pac-12 takes Baylor and TCU, and the rest of the schools go up to the Big Ten, and the and the Pac the Big 12 just gets ripped apart. So they need. That's why this is a terrible spot for the Big 12. They don't want to go down to that level and say hey, we're going to take Houston and Cincinnati and all these other schools. They might have to. They might not have another option. The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind is the local delicacy known as Skyline Chili. The five-way with the spaghetti and the beans. 
the cheese. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Five way. First, the, uh, the disgusting chili gravy. After the onions comes the cheese, and that's what makes it the five way. Here we go. Is the cheese. They put like 10 tons of shredded cheese on there, and this is supposed to be food that you actually eat. <laughs> There's so much here. Uh, about 10 minutes away from talking to Xavier Pope, who was commenting on that commentary, uneducated commentary, obnoxious New York commentary. Our food's better than yours. From Gary Cohen, the Mets announcer. Skyline Chili, we've been round and round on this show for like 15 years. I like it. It's one of the worst atrocities committed on mankind. I get it. It's junk food. It's not junk food. Junk food is good. It's, it's junk food. It's, it's, it's trash it's, it's food. The fu- it's the food you ate when you were eight years old. That makes it awesome. It's, it's, it it's does, a, it junk, does. Junk food is deli- Junk food is Oreos. Junk food is delicious. Skyline Chili is trash food. We're going to get back to the Mountain West and the strong statement yesterday on getting vaccinated. We're going to get back to the NFL and the statement that basically, hey, unvaccinated guys on your team cause an outbreak and you don't have the numbers to play, forfeit. And we will get back to conference realignment that could be on the way and how it affects teams out here like UNLV. All of that on the way. I was trying to carve out a few minutes now to break down that scintillating expansion draft, but I don't even know what that was yesterday. <laughs> we talked about it with Blessing at 445. I'm like, the whole thing is spoiled. They leaked every single freaking pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw people complaining about that on Twitter. Like I, I had zero problem with it. Okay, well then, don't build the sport. That's the first big event out on ESPN. Thanks, Gare. <laughs> sure. How about make it a big event? Sure. And now, they, as it turned out, mo- most like, it's funny, we'll say this, like it was with VGK outside of Flurry and a couple other big names, like most of the names were not names that most casuals would know, and yesterday the Kraken basically used the same plan, but they didn't have the benefit of the league GMs freaking out and just throwing them assets. And here's the other thing. I mean, I know like my entire life is based on Twitter. Most people's not. That's a good point. The leaks were on social media and for casuals or even like good hockey fans, if they're not on social media, then it wasn't spoiled for them. Yeah, I, I think that that is something that we often forget about because you hear news. I mean, even like breaking news on TV when they when they break in for like a report, you know, back in the day, in your day, Steve, you'd have, you know, Walter Cronkite, Walter Cronkite breaking in with like, you know, breaking news. The president's been shot or something. And it was like, whoa, now, you know, about those things before if you're on Twitter. But most of the world really is not on Twitter. That's the example you use. Yes. To try to tie it together. Sure. To try to tie the NHL lack of sizzle. Sure. For presidential assassination. That's okay. what I can think of as a breaking news story. I get it. I get it. We're, we're going on the fly here. But, like, you, like it'll happen. Yeah. We'll see it on Twitter. It'll be like, oh, this happened. And then, like, you know, two minutes later, a broadcast might break in and give you a breaking news story. And you're like, yeah, I know. I saw it on Twitter. But in our mind, you're like, yeah, that's old news. But Did- for the vast majority of people, it's not. Based on what you saw from the roster standpoint, we'll break down the roster again in a little bit. Um, do you think it was smart to post a total points of what, 82 and a half? Is that where it is? Uh, 70. 
I've seen it ever. John told us. It was. JVT told us yesterday, Bet Rivers said 94 and a half. Yep. Sam Paniotovich today said it was 82 and a half. And now what is it? There's a 70 and a 94 and a half. That's not even possible. It's true. Well, I guess you have to play the middle, don't you? Yeah. And so uh, the, the 94 yeah. and a half uh, was uh, on the East Coast. That has been adjusted down to 89 and a half now. That's it? And I think the 70 and a half is up to 72 and a half, but there's still a very wide Holy margin. Holy crap. What a yeah. middle. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's to be, it's to be debated. Uh, and we also don't know what the Kraken are going to do with what do they have an extra $30 million in salary cap space. So are they going to sign anyone of significance for this season? Can they get some long-term deals done? Because most of what they picked is here it is now. It's going to be gone in two years. Unless they have a miraculous VGK development and all of a sudden they're like, we found eight guys worth keeping and seven of them are going to be signed to long-term deals. And I think what you what you look at in terms of what the Kraken did is clearly they were focused on defense. Their blue line is going to be very strong. Their goaltending situation I think is really good. They could have gone superstar. They didn't. They went with solid, uh, you know, really good goaltenders. Uh, and so I think they're going to be sound defensively. Maybe have some trouble scoring. Although they have a couple of you know pretty top line forwards, uh, but I do think goal scoring is going to be a little bit of an issue. Um, and the benefit that they have and why maybe the the point totals will be a little bit inflated in some spots is because you look at them playing in the skyline chili of divisions uh, just like vgk gets to next year uh vgk is going to be a massive favorite to win the division they're going to be vgk could have like nine players miss the season and they're probably still making the playoffs it is a garbage division that they play in and seattle gets to play in that same division we'll get back to my uh, favorite fast food place that we don't have here please come here skyline chili and it getting uh, raked over the coals by the uh, dopey new york announcers and then uh, really important stuff like uh, what's going to happen moving forward in the nba now that the bucks have won the title where does cp3 land xavier pope on all that join the conversation on twitter at espn las vegas now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Back here at Silver 7s on a Thursday, our Thursday legal insider, our general opinion columnist, Xavier Pope, is with us. Before we do anything, we have to get something out of the way. You and others with your take on Skyline Chili, we have an issue, my friend. We have a big issue. They showed the video of, of cheese and gravy <laughs> and cheese again. Yep. And it was the most disgusting thing I ever seen. I, I get is this is this dog food with cheese on top of dog food with cheese? Was it puke on top of cheese? It was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen, um, and it is not fit for human consumption. That being said, many people like skyline chili. Yes, have at it. But I'm with Gary Cohen. It's uh, it's a piece of Americana. It really is the essential junk piece food. Piece of what? Piece of Americana. We like to eat junk food bordering on dog and cat food and it has everything it's got spaghetti it's got a weird chili it's got mounds of cheddar cheese and it's got hot dogs why can't that we all sounds, why, why can't we all eat like eight-year-olds i mean that that sounds like uh that there's the the hot dog eating contest yes um and everyone ate it and then everyone kind of like threw up afterwards and that's what you ate afterwards Sky, Skyline Chili, Xavier, just so you know, has been a point of contention on our show forever because I like it in my travels to Ohio, and I think they have it in Michigan. I know they have it in South Florida. Uh, anytime I see one, I will hit it. I haven't had one of my friends or radio partners say that they liked it. I took my parents there. They hated it. I don't know one single person close to me who was with me. You have smart parents, Steve, (laughs) clearly, because uh, I agree with them. Um, I've seen it. I don't want anything near it. Um, I don't want a vegan version. 
Uh, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> hey, make a make a vegan version. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want a vegan version of Skyline Chili. <laughs> I don't want any of that stuff. Keep it as far away as possible. They, it, you, everyone around you seems to be smarter than you, Steve. Apparently, I mean, I, I guess that's what you want to do. You want to be in the room where you, everyone in the room is smarter than you. Sure. And on Skyline, that, that's what you have. So congratulations, buddy. Uh, very serious stuff from the sports world. Uh, heads are spinning after the reports yesterday that Oklahoma and Texas uh, potentially plan on leaving the Big 12. They're going to submit some paperwork to say, hey, you know, we're gone after the 2025 end of the TV deal in the Big 12. They could be SEC-bound. I mean, I think there's going to be ma- uh, you know, massive uh, legal aspects to this. There's so much money on the table. But just your thoughts in general. Here we go again with the potential you know, bombshell realignment around college sports. Yeah, see, but I think it's important to mention the leagues have been being realigned for, for, for decades. This yeah. isn't a new thing. We saw the Big 12 and what happened with the, the former uh, SWC so whatever the Southwestern Conference that eventually formed and teams formed out and went to the SEC and the Big 12. So this isn't a, this is a, isn't a new thing, but I do think this is huge in this respect. I think we're going to see super conferences in, big, in, the, in the Power Five. And now with athletes being able to take care of their own licensing and, on, and things of that nature, I see the NCAA is coming to a close. Right. I, I, you, you're going to see maybe a, a merger of, a, say, a, a Big 12 in the SEC a Pac-12 and the Mountain West merging, the, the Big Ten and the ACC merging, where you may see only three to four major leagues, and they go on to be able to, to, to secure bigger rights for themselves and make more money since now they have to share some of this money with the athletes. Let's talk NIL, because as these uh, college football media days are out, there's been a lot of interesting news about NIL. We had Right now uh, in Vegas, we've got the Mountain West Conference Football Media Day going on. And, you know, we had coaches on and we asked about the name, image, and likeness. And we got some interesting answers and, you know, the structure of what they're setting up. But the Mountain West Conference is nothing like what's going on in the SEC. I think there's multiple ways to look at Nick Saban mentioning that his new quarterback, Bryce Young, is approaching seven figures in NIL. I'll just throw it at you. What was your first thought when you saw him mention this? Um, well, if I, I think that Nick Saban is, is rich. And he has nothing to lose. He's, if here's the thing with athletes getting more money, I think that's going to still lead to coaches making more money. So I think Nick Saban's a capitalist. <laughs> he recognizes he's put he's made as many rich guys as there possibly could be on the next level. He understands if he promotes his players, they make more money. I get more visibility. I win. I make more money. That's how, that's how I look at it. And I think as we look at power conference teams and Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, it's about how can we leverage ourselves to make as much money as possible. And I think that's what we're seeing. So I can see Saban using it as a way to make money for himself and also a way, you know, it's a promotion or a recruiting tool. But a couple of things I didn't like. Um, one, is it anyone's business what Bryce Young is making? If I were Bryce Young and his reps, I'm not sure that I want that out there. If I'm Bryce Young, I want this out there. You do. Because, yeah, and I want my coach promoting me because guess what? That's going to lead to more NIL deals that I can sign. Hmm. This is – everyone has a vested interest in everyone making more money. This is now – we saw Mark Emmert talking about basically NIL, how everything should change now. Doing a complete reversal after spending $68 million in legal fees. I'm trying to push back on that. And I think that now it's okay. This is this is raw capitalism. How do we change how we do business to make sure we make more money? And athletes are seeing the same. 
everybody now is seeing they have a vested interest in making as much money as possible. That's why the, the, the amateurism line is completely blurred. It's now gone. Uh, it's just a different way to categorize different types of specialized talent. Now, there are coaches who are not comfortable with this. And, and I get it. I, you know, I don't think it's trying to cheat the players or being short-sighted. There, is gonna be, there are going to be cases, Xavier, where there, you know, there's management issues on your team. Hey, example, what if Bryce Young is not that good and you've got to make a switch to another quarterback and then all of a sudden people are asking about, hey, this guy's got endorsements. Why isn't he playing? Am I overthinking this? I think you're overthinking this a little bit. I mean, this is what happens on the professional level. It's going to just happen on, on the collegiate level. Yeah. And people are going to say, this, the school's not paying them. So it, it's not as if you're, hey, you know, we're, we're spending money on tickets and you, you're paying them X amount of dollars. He's not getting paid by the school other than over maybe some sort of benefits that we've seen happen with the Supreme Court. We see that change. Maybe we'll see fans get engaged when we see more than just name, image, and likeness happens. I'm not sure how to read this one. Some people think it was a complete work, that it was uh, organized beforehand. I have tried to take up as much as I can for the Deion Sanders side in Coachgate, where uh, he said, call me coach, not Deion, and then stormed off. Is there a Deion Sanders support side here? Do you see it? Uh, people can say, okay, call him a coach. Um, but we saw Nick Saban said that he could, you know, because he, he was comparing himself to Nick Saban. And Nick Saban said, hey, I can understand that he wants to be called what he wants to be called by. It doesn't matter to me. But when you're sitting at four and three in a middling you know, HBCU program and you come into a situation, you realize that it is harder than the job is harder than it looks. I think there's a little bit of frustration on Deion Sanders' side because he has an uphill uh, battle to climb. But, I mean, okay, say you want to be called coach, and then people will call you coach, and they'll move on. I think that it's perfectly fine to establish what you'd like to be called and then have the media respected as such. So interesting news coming out of the college football media days. The Mountain West Conference uh, yesterday talking to coaches and hearing from the commissioner on the issue of COVID protocol. COVID mm-hmm. cancellations like last year, vaccination rates. I'll just give you a couple of numbers. UNLV locally, the coach told me that uh, they're at 85%. They're heading towards 90. There are seven schools apparently out of the 12 that are 85% or higher. Uh, during the season, it appears that if there are COVID issues and you are short players and you're not ready to play, the game will not be moved or postponed. It'll be a forfeit. You lose. Now, Vaccinated people are getting COVID. How do we really handle this? Is that fair? Like, I, I think on the front end, because we're all, you know, everyone's hyped up on their side and the whole vaccination thing. And they're like, we want repercussions for the unvaccinated. This one is still a very thorny issue. That's a really great question, Steve. And I think that it's important that we put public health and safety first. And, and if it winds up being unfair results in terms of forfeit, I mean, that's just part of, you know, this uncertain world that we're dealing with. And you want to make sure that at the end of the day, public safety and health is number one. And it may not necessarily be as important who wins or loses games. And that's a that's a, a unfair reality. But it's an unfair reality of what happened to many people who didn't get the chance to get vaccinated and died before there was a, vac- a vaccine. And so. That's the, that's the landscape of the world we live in, Steve. Uh, yesterday, if I had asked every single coach who sat down with me, uh, hey, are you vaccinated? Is that a HIPAA violation? I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene say, you can't ask me that. You can't ask me if I'm vaccinated. That's a HIPAA violation. I mean, we see Marjorie Taylor Greene is just weaponized stupidity. 
and she shouldn't even be serving in office. But that's a whole nother question altogether um, and spreading misinformation to the public. But HIP, it's not a HIPAA violation. HIPAA, vi- HIPAA governs the transformation, the, sorry, sorry, transformation, the transfer of health information between uh, servicers and providers and how that's governed, how your privacy is governed in, in the distribution of that private health information between healthcare providers. The questionnaire is no is not a healthcare provider, is not seeking to gain her information or to share that with anyone else. And so to ask her whether she is violent, whether she has uh, been vaccinated is not a HIPAA violation. It is a question she can decline to answer, but it's not a violation. Bucks win. Great moment mm-hmm. for Giannis. There's so many Giannis haters out there. There really, any of the young players have haters. It's just this whole culture we have in the NBA of uh, you know comparing it to the past greats. So I love that part. Uh, but does this title need an asterisk? Because I mean, look at who did the Bucks really beat, Xavier? I mean, they beat the Phoenix Suns, who <laughs> had a, a injured uh, Anthony Davis in the first round. They had an injury, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard in the in the conference finals. They faced against the Milwaukee Bucks team, who had an injured James Harden and injured Kyrie Irving. Um, so both of those teams made it to the end. And we also saw the consternation about whether the, 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 the season should start so soon after the bubble. And but we didn't know whether what was going to happen with the economy. We didn't have a, a widely, a widely uh, uh, distributed vaccine. And so players have to protect themselves and their families financially. And they, they sign on to a new season. And so injuries are part of the game. And the outcome was the in Milwaukee Bucks in an iconic 50-14-5 a block game bar for Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that's part of the game. And there should not be an asterisk, just like it should be an asterisk next to the Lakers season for winning the championship. Everyone had the same opportunities to face what was in front of them in a team that faced the obstacles in front of them and wind up winning. That was the Milwaukee Bucks. And they will, will ever be remembered for after 49 years of not having a title, winning a championship with a really world-class player in Giannis. I agree with you. Every year can have an asterisk. Every year has different injuries and hurdles. And, you know, I know you were saying on social media, oh, you know, in the past, people complained about super teams. Whoever wins, wins. You have to go through the the gauntlet of opponents. Uh, What is CP3 going to do? He's got a lot of money on the table with Phoenix. Does he just throw away that money, go ring chasing, and join, you know, one of the bigger name teams like the Lakers? Well, Kendrick Perkins of ESPN said that the Phoenix Suns were a dynasty. So if if Phoenix, if Chris Paul maybe believes that too, then he can exercise his $44 million player option and come and play for the Phoenix Suns for a dynasty team. But if they, he does not think so, I mean, there's interest in the Lakers. They talk about Russell Westbrook. There are rumors about that as well. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen in next season. And this, we, this is going to be like the first full regular season after two seasons that had some issues with it. What is the best team emerging from that? We really don't know. And I think that Chris Paul, at the end of his career, I, I mean, I take the money and I, I take the team that's just came from the finals and see what happens there. You know, I also thought the finals, and I'm not like a big sportsmanship guy. In fact, I'm pretty much a sore loser and, and classless. But I do respect people who can control their emotions. I thought it was a really good showcase for good guys, good sports, you know, but, you know, on the flip side of it, they have a killer instinct led by Giannis. I think Devin Booker is going to be a model guy for the league. And I thought Monty Williams after the game and throughout the series, but Monty Williams after the game going over and giving a nice speech uh, to the Bucks in the locker room. Tremendous dude. Hey, Monty Williams, what, one of the best coaches, and he should have been coach of the year. Um, it was absurd to give Tom Thibodeau a Knicks team that won't be as good next year. 
the coach of the year honors when Monty Williams clearly should have won that. But you saw in his press conference him crying, breaking down and says, I can't even put into words how I feel right now. I'm going to need some time to process this. <laughs> and then subsequently goes to the visitors locking locker room and tell them, you've made me a better coach. That what a class act. I mean, the NBA had Giannis on one side being a class act. Then you have the coach on the other side and Monty Williams as a class act. It it was hard to root against either one of these teams with you saw some of the faces of both teams be some of the the, the best guys the sport has to offer. So uh, I saw you watching the finals. You were hanging out with guys like Rob Parker. What was going on there in Chicago? Yeah, Rob Parker is doing a tour across the country, just having a good time over his summer. He's jumping to different cities and going to different ballparks. Uh, I've known Rob Parker for some years, a good friend of mine. And one of the big things that he talks about is the nature of relationships. And that's why he's always been big. Every time he comes to town, always comes by, always gets a group of black journalists together to meet and to talk. Um, Marshall Davis, Marshall Harris, rather, was with us. He just took over the uh, sports director job over CBS2 Chicago and celebrating that. And just, you know, just a bunch of great guys together watching the NBA finals, having a million different sports debates because, you know, Rob Parker loves sports debates. One of the biggest is the difference between the Naismith Hall of Fame and the NBA Hall of Fame and the MLB Hall of Fame and whether the NBA should have its own Hall of Fame because of the lowering standard of who gets in and who who stays out. I thought it was a really fantastic debate. We got into a lot of debates over who should be in and who should be out, out of both uh, Hall of Fames, like Andrew Jones, like uh, like Tracy McGrady, or whether Mitch Richmond was a better <laughs> candidate for Hall of Fame as did Tracy McGrady. So a lot of great discussions, a lot of great guys, a lot of, uh, a lot of good times. We get to go out again for now. We've got to be exactly. safe, but, but, but it is exactly. cool. Exactly. It's good that, you know, it, it, it's, I've gotten with recently a few weeks, people I hadn't seen in a while, and, you know, you know and obviously making sure everyone's vaccinated, but Given a chance that, you know, I met up with my, my buddy Mark Spears and he was in town when he was covering in between uh, traveling on ESPN undefeated, just getting people together and seeing them for the first time and ask, hey, how you doing? You know, and it's not about career. It's not about what you're doing. And it's, it's just about how are you doing? You know, and I think that's been really big to see people you care and you love and you, and you have good relationships with to connect with them after such a time, such a long time being uh, separate from one, one another. Xavier, before we get you out of here, what's going on with Suit Up? Suit Up News, we're going to be talking about the, the, the about face and some of the messaging we've seen in terms of, of the coronavirus. And uh, we saw was one side that was basically saying, hey, don't get vaccinated, spreading misinformation about vaccines. And now that's changed uh, with the stock market taking a big hit and all the different uh, uh, the variants we're seeing. So we're talking a little bit more about that on Suit Up News. Go to hashtag Suit Up News at Xavier Pope on Twitter to see the newest episode. Thanks, Xavier. There's Xavier Pope with us here at Silver Sevens. Check him out on Twitter at Xavier Pope. Football frenzy is on the way. Is there a leader in the race for next president of the Raiders? We'll throw a name out there. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.